Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 36, in honor of the bus, number 36. Michael's following his eyes, as I mentioned, the bus. Uh, it's not a popular number. That's <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, Michael Anunicio, Tom Bradley, Mark Clemente, ABC on Pittsburgh Sports, recording on November 1st. We're not even going to talk about the Steel game. There's no, what else is left to be said? They stink. Uh, right? They're, they're down. the same movie over, right. and, over, over and over and over and over. I mean, you heard what the players said after the game. We don't need to rehash that. They have problems, and they are a many, whatever that famous Chuck Noll quote was. Um, so we're not even going to belabor that. You can hear that talk anywhere else. What we don't want to spend a minute, though, is on the NFL trade deadline, which passed today at 4 o'clock. And this is really becoming an event. When we grew up, the NFL trade line, deadline, wow. you just slept through it. There was nothing that ever happened. Now, teams are actually using it similarly to what you see in Major League Baseball, NBA, NHL. It's becoming a huge event, like I said. And we were all watching Twitter today to see what, you know, what was going to break. Um, Steelers made some moves. I guess we can start there and then move on to the other moves that were made across the NFL um, they're uh, huge moves. They're going to have you know, major impact, I think, as we head down the stretch and into the playoffs. So Steelers today, trade Chase Claypool. I don't think it was a surprise. It was long rumored, and it came to fruition this afternoon. He goes to Chicago for a second-round draft pick. I think that was amazing that the Steelers could get. When you see some of the other deals and, and what was what teams were getting players, in return, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I mean, he was probably the – you know, the guy that you would like, okay, he's a decent receiver right. to get a second-round pick for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, kudos to them, I mean, because you're, you're giving And it's going to be a high second-round pick because it's the Bears' pick. And the, the the problem with the Bears, and I, I don't understand what they're doing, like they <laughs> trade Roquan Smith, which I thought was a great trade for them right. because he, mm-hmm. he wasn't going to re-sign with them. He already said he wasn't going to. Right. So, you know, you trade him to the Ravens, the Ravens get him for an extra year, plus mm-hmm. they're probably going to wind up signing him, and then they get a bunch of picks in return. Then they, you know, they traded Robert Quinn, and which I had a problem. They only got a fourth round pick for Robert Quinn. Yeah, he's on a one year deal, and he's what 30, 30 yeah. years old. So right. yeah. in football, that's a little long in the tooth. The Bears, I think, it's more of an indictment on how bad their offense is. Like I feel bad for Justin Fields. Like when I watch, you know, you, if you watch a Bears game, which you really shouldn't, but if it's on TV and you see them put their starting lineup down, you're going, "This is what Oof. he has to work yeah. with." And so, well, and I this, think that's why they did it. Right? Yes. Let's see what he's all about yes. with some talent around him. And they got a second, you know, they got somebody else's second for Roquan. So, right. you know, kind of averages out. But I, I thought it was a great trade for the Steelers, and it's a shame they didn't have more assets that they could unload because they they need to start over. Yeah, and that's where I come in. I, I'm I'm struggling. I really struggle with the state of the franchise. I, I don't know where we are. Um, I. You know, I have – I'm starting as week goes, week goes by, and I don't want to be overreactive because it's only been four games. That's but Mark's job. He's usually – I know. I'm, I'm worried about Pickett. Just when it comes to Pitt. Um, I didn't like to pick. Yeah. I thought they forced this. I think if Kenny Pickett played for Tulsa, that they don't make that pick. Whether that's – I don't – you know, I hear this Marino. They know that nobody hears from when – nobody's in this organization is, is still around from when Marino – they skipped the Marino. I think they had a kid that they liked that was near to them that they got to know and they took a ch- and they and they took him because mm-hmm. they needed a quarterback. Um, but I, I'm I'm worried about where we are with him and his development and can this organization and more importantly this coaching staff develop him properly? Um, they are clearly reliant on T.J. Watt and um, 
what do we make of TJ Watt going forward? Is he mm-hmm. going to be healthy enough to play? You know, he missed last – he had nagging injuries last mm-hmm. year because of the hold-in, which we see a lot when guys do that kind of stuff. This year, torn pec, different injury. I mean, do I think this team's a playoff team if he plays all 17 games? I think they have a shot. No, no, no chance. I do. No. That offense is putrid. I understand. I understand. Putrid. That. But when you have a guy that – I mean, look at the first game. Look at Cincinnati. Look what they did that to was, that. That was Cincinnati. I, I understand I mean, that. They were, but that defense – That's what we talked about. For them not playing in all preseason, Cincinnati came out. That was their first game action. Well, we've seen show. how bad Cincinnati's offensive right. line was last night. Right. I mean, oh. Cleveland sacked him, I think, six times. So, it's – I'm like, listen, TJ makes a difference, mm-hmm. but not that big of a difference. No, this, this, well, again, I, I didn't say Super Bowl. I said playoffs. Playoffs, and, and this is going to be – it's going to be nine and eight. Nine and eight and eight and nine is going to get you the seventh seed in the playoffs well, I, for the foreseeable future. But they're the future. worst team in the North. Well, I, again, by far. I'm not. I'm not debating that. I'm just saying is, you know, the same guys that did what they did this weekend in Philadelphia and two weeks ago in Buffalo, three weeks ago yeah. in Buffalo, is essentially the same lineup that beat Cincinnati and Joe Burrow and those guys in the first game with seven sacks, six sacks, whatever it was, five turnovers. And the and the havoc that they wreaked on that team that day. Does TJ Watt make that different? Yeah, I mean he died. They're one in ten without him. One ten and one without him. And, and you know I don't know what they never talk about what the record is with them, but obviously it's better than that. Um, you know the offense is so young. The weapons over there are you know the offensive linemen, the running backs, the wide receivers, the Use quarterback the weapons. Everybody is everybody is young over there. And I, I just when I watch this on TV. You, I just don't know what I'm watching, and I don't know because, quite honestly, if they're as bad as what they've shown these last few weeks, then you have to seriously start talking about trading T.J. Watt. Mm-hmm. You have to start talking about trading Cam Hayward. Minka. You have to start talking about trading Minka um, if they're really that bad and they're that far along. But if Kenny Pickett is the if Kenny Pickett turns out to be the real deal. And T.J. Watt can play 17 games, which I think makes Hayward and Minka better players because T.J.'s in the lineup. And you got a different scenario. But so much is up in the air right now. And I, I just – it is such a weird spot. You know, and that, you know, immediately after the Claypool trade was made, I thought to myself, okay, this isn't – because to me, that's not a trade Kevin Colbert makes. They just – it's just not. I just don't think that they trade assets. And I can say that because – to my knowledge, they've never traded an asset mm-hmm. midseason before. So, getting him for what right now would be the thirty eighth pick mm-hmm. uh, in overall. So you'd have the Steelers pick, the Bears second round pick, and the Steelers second round pick, which is going to be three in the top fifty yeah. at worst. Mm-hmm. Really, I mean, yeah. if the season goes the way it's progressing, it could be three in the top forty. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just a weird time. It's a weird yeah. time for this organization, and I and I don't know which direction to go. Yeah, no, that's a great point. And I, I did a little research today, and you know I've been beating the drum that Art Rooney is not he, – he needs to retire. He needs to go away. Since Dan passed away in 2017, even when he went, he went to become ambassador uh, to Ireland in 2009, but you know he still had his finger on the team. You know he did. Since he passed away in 17 – you ready for this? 18, they were 9-6. and six. 19, they were 8-8. Eight and eight. 20 was the aberrated. They went 12 and 4. They lost in the wild card, though, because that's who they were. 
Last year, of course, they went 9-7-1 and lost in the wild card again. This team is lost without Dan's direction. And look at the drafts. Look at the corresponding drafts since he's not had any input. Well, this team has lost. You're right. This team has lost their way, and it's because the head of the, the, the captain doesn't have any clue what he's doing. Well, and here, one more thing, and then I'll turn it over to you. Here's another thing to think about. And we all grew up and we all heard this. The players always spoke in reverential t- terms when it came to the chief and especially when it came to Dan, right? There was a level of respect from everybody inside the organization, from your scouts to your coaches to the players for Dan. You do not hear that at all with Art. Well, and Art, I think that's very indicative of what he's all about. Art's like Bob Nutting with a salary cap. Yeah. I well, would agree and, with that. And also, Art's not around. Well, I mean, yeah, like Bob I mean, Nutting. Dan, right, yeah. you know, Dan was visible. Yeah, you know, right. The players knew him. Dan you know, knew the game. He started out as a scout. Yeah. I, I mean, I would argue it. Well, Dan knew the game of football better than anybody in this country. He played it. He came up in it. His, his dad made sure he knew the game inside and he out. Had to, he had to work his way up. He had to work his this way up. Art was an attorney. Yeah. Clut, Lieber, Shoring, and, and Rooney. That's what he did. Well, what I think you're seeing is, and, I, you know, I've been on the fence. There's a lot of Tomlin bashers in this town, and there have been since day one. Mm-hmm. A lot of that is motivated oh, yes. by, we know. you know, yeah. by race. Yes. The color of his skin. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that, that started it. And so you take that noise out of it. Right. And you just focus on him. And, and he has he had been successful throughout his career, the, you know, the no losing crap, all that kind of stuff. But over these last few years, you know, he inherited – what they always talk about is they, he inherited Cowher's players. No, he didn't. He inherited Cowher's leaders. And there were adults Great point. in the room. Mm-hmm. So when he came in, he could let the adults take care of that locker room. And that became his mantra, that the players will, the players will take care of the locker room and I'm just going to be the guy that sits back and is mm-hmm. everybody's friend. Well, that's fine when you have Aaron Smith. And yep. Troy Polamalu and James it's Ferrier and especially Ferrier I mean, and that, and, that was and those voice. kind yep. of guys that were around, but they also drafted adults. There was mm-hmm. nothing but there was adult leaders and there was adults in the locker room. Unfortunately, when those leaders went, you know, there was ten or fifteen. I mean, you could go down the list and name the people that you knew had commanded that locker room. Mm-hmm. Well, th- that went from. 15 guys to 10 guys to five guys to two guys. Mm -hmm. And that's the problem. And the little things over the years that, that everybody wanted to bash Ben for where they didn't win as much. They didn't get over the hump. Well, if you watch the games, the one penalty that was inexcusable, that one coaching decision that was indisputable, that stuff got covered up because you had a Hall of Fame quarterback and he made plays mm-hmm. to get you over the hump. Not to the Super Bowl hump, but covered up some of that stuff. Well, what you're seeing is you're peeling away these layers over the years, over the years. And now you're down to guys, and you can hear it on Sunday. I've never heard mm-hmm. a Steeler organization where you had players saying, players don't study. Players yeah. aren't aren't, uh, aren't, aren't doing the videos right. and stuff like that. In a great, absolutely great quote I saw I can't remember if it was during the game or if they if I read it beforehand. But Robert Quinn, who you just mentioned, got traded to the Eagles. Mm-hmm. And the first thing Robert Cox said to him, he said, "Hey, just Fletcher, so you know, Fletcher Cox, yeah, Fletcher, Fletcher Cox, Cox, Fletcher yeah. Cox said to him, he said, just so you know, we practice hard here." And he goes, and 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 Robert Quinn said, "Okay, that's all I needed to know." Mm-hmm. And what have you heard? 
Claypool, the music, we need to have music mm-hmm. to practice. And, you know, outsiders mm-hmm. coming in saying that, you know, they don't practice here like mm-hmm. they do in other places and things like that. And it just goes to the, uh, the, the onion being peeled away, peeled away. And now we've got to the point where we're just got nothing but stink. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have adults around him in the coaching staff. He doesn't have enough adults in the locker room. By my count, he's got maybe three in that locker room that are people that would people listen to. And that's not enough. Mm-hmm. There's three guys in a locker room of 90. Right. That want to be the voice. That's not how it works. Right. Yeah, and you do need accountability, but you also need talent. Mm-hmm. Like we've seen guys over the years the play the fool. Right. Torrell Owens, mm-hmm. right? He kept getting more chances because he was ultra right. talented. He was an ass clown, right. but he was ultra talented, and he stopped getting chances when the skills eroded. Mm-hmm. We, Chad Johnson. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've seen there's countless players that played in the NFL that were jackasses that had talent that weren't adults, but they were supremely talented. This team. Hasn't drafted guys that are impact players other than TJ Watt. And, and, you know, I mean, they traded for Mika, but Mika's more of a center fielder kind of guy mm-hmm. trying to ball hawk. Uh, it, it's, yeah, they've it's gone for the shiny, bright toys and shiny, bright objects instead of ass kickers. Yeah. How many, to your point, how many ass kickers are on this team? Yeah. And all those names you mentioned in that locker room that Tomlin took over, they were ass kickers, man. They had an edge to them. They played tough. Opposing players feared them. Who do we have? You have 90 and maybe 97, but he's on the downside of his career. That's all this team has. There's no ass kickers on the offensive line. Well, There's no Marquise Pounces. There's no DeCastros. There's no Fanicas who every single player going to line up and all they want to do is kick your ass. Well, that's what we ta- we were talking before the podcast started about the top 10 teams in the NFL right now. Right. They can all impose their physical will on you running the football. You see the teams that are struggling. The teams that were playoff teams last year, uh, Green Bay, Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay can't get out of their own way with their offensive line. You've got – and listen, they're not the second Rams. picks. The Rams can't yeah. run the ball anywhere. Right. You've seen mm-hmm. what San Francisco did to them on Sunday. They imposed their will on them. They're physically tougher than them. And mm-hmm. you got these soft teams that can't run the football. And this is – and it's not doing Kenny any any – any help? Well, Cower even brought that out. Bill Cower mentioned Mike Mike Tomlin's handling Kenny all wrong. You can't put that much pressure. No, he's throwing the ball 40, 45 times. Right. I mean, line him up under the center and have him hand off the ball thirty but times. But the problem game. is, is can't, they, they can't because right. they're hitting two yards a game. You don't have any ass half. kickers up front. Yeah, and to your point, you know, with Dan Rooney and having his yeah. thumb on the on the on the organization, what I think you're seeing happening, and again, as we peel away the layers of this onion to the stink that we've gotten to. If you let a coach, it makes us cry. Like if you let a, yeah, if you let a coach make the picks, what's the coach going to pick? Right, a quarterback can win me games. Running backs, Running backs can win wide me receivers. games. Wide receivers, wide receivers can win me mm-hmm. games. Yeah, uh, but those are sexy picks that yeah. a coach mm-hmm. can get excited about. If you ask them, do you want a quarterback or do you want an offensive lineman or a center? I'll take the quarterback because mm-hmm. then I, you know, uh, right. that that's going to score points. That's going to do that, and you don't have somebody on top saying, uh. Uh-uh. Uh-uh, uh-uh. No, you don't need this. You don't need this right now. You don't need a running back in the first round. You don't need a tight end in the second round. You need some gosh darn offensive linemen or defensive linemen mm-hmm. that are going to do that are going to be able to, you know, control the lines. Philadelphia, perfect example. Mm-hmm. They're Oof. seven deep on defensive Oof. line. That Jordan Davis, who they drafted, he didn't even, they didn't miss a beat. He doesn't even <laughs> start. No. I mean, we, we, were, 20, yeah, we were talking about him being here and changing the whole right. defensive mm-hmm. line for the next 15 years. The guy's a bench guy on that team. <laughs> and the same thing with their offensive line. They got eight, they're eight or nine deep on their offensive line. The great, the good news, if you're a Steeler fan, 
is the, one of the guys that had a hand in that, Andy Weidel, mm-hmm. is now the director yeah, of pro right. scouting for us and is going to be the guy making those drafts. Right. And hopefully, I, I'm I'm hoping that what we saw today with Claypool, even though to me they traded the one wide receiver, the guy I would have traded was Deontay Johnson because I think Deontay Johnson is beyond no. the diva. <laughs> if, if you ever watch Deontay Johnson play, notice one thing. Mm-hmm. He's always running back to the ball. You know why that is? Because you don't get hit if you're running away from the defensive guy. Well, if you need a first third and nine, you need a first nine, he'll get you eight yards. Well, no, no, you just need to throw it 18 yards to him because he's going to run back nine to catch it. And if you ever watch him, once he catches mm-hmm. it, he turns around and runs mm-hmm. right out of bounds. Mm-hmm. Oh, I got, yeah. I, I, I can't stand Deontay Johnson. Yeah. I, yeah. I would have kept Claypool and hoped I could have molded him into something, but it is what it is. But to, to my point is, I don't think that this is a trade that Mike Tomlin is, would be excited about, in my opinion, mm-hmm. because Mike Tomlin still thinks that they can make the right. playoffs and win. This doesn't help them today. It helps them in the future. And what I'm hoping that means is that Omar Khan and Andy Weidel mm-hmm. have a little bit more control than maybe we thought they did, and maybe this is a sign of things to come. Well, look, it, 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 the game's changed. We're, we're seeing the trade deadline today. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, T.J. Hawkinson it's got right dealt. Right to the Vikings. You know, yeah. He got dealt to the Vikings. I mean, Shit. Bradley Ka- Chubb. Calvin Ridley got traded. He's not even eligible to play. I mean, so. How long is that dude suspended for, by the way? Whole year. Yeah. I thought he was suspended last year. Am I? It started last year. Okay. It was All the right. end of last year. Okay. Yeah. And he so was, he was suspended through this year. But my point is, like, so Miami, right? They Talk about going the, all in. They made the, the Trey Lance deal, right? Mark and I talked about it before you got here. They made the Trey Lance deal. Well, they traded Trey Lance quarterback yeah, for the 49ers. For the 49ers on draft day. And these are the outside the box thinking. They get those draft assets. They trade one for Tyreek Hill. Yep. And then the other for Bradley Chubb. Those are two first, those are two that be, yeah, right. be two first picks in the draft. Yep. So the, the, and even the Eagles last year, we were watching the draft together. Yeah. And, and they stole AJ, AJ Brown. Yeah. Who's made a, a, he's turned that off like Stephon Diggs did in Buffalo, right? Josh Allen struggled until Stephon Diggs got there, and then all of a sudden their mm-hmm. offense changed. All the receivers around him became better. That's what AJ Brown's done in Philadelphia. They traded a pick for a, an asset, then you're, and that's why, like, free agency to me, like, when you say you got salary cap space, if you're a free agent in the NFL after your first contract, you really stink. <laughs> Because nobody want the team that drafted you didn't think you were good enough Devin to have Bush. another one. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. right. And if you are after your second contract, you're 28, 29, mm-hmm. 30 in the NFL, that's like 40, 45 years old. So you can't build a team through free agency anymore. It's through draft assets and, and trading for yep. young players that still have time on their contract and then you sign them to a second contract. Steelers don't do any of this stuff. Well, they don't do it anymore. They used to do it, you know, and I was looking at some of the things, you know, some of the guys that are out there successful that they didn't sign. One made a huge impact for, for Philly on Sunday was the Javon Harper. Oh, that was that a mistake. Was a huge mistake. Now, can you I, – I tried to look this up, and I couldn't get clarification. Was that the COVID year that they let him walk? Yes, COVID year. Because of the salary it's, cap yes. crunch and stuff. Because yes. they lost him, yep. they lost Mike Hilton, yep. and they lost Matt Filer. Yep. All, all three, in that yep. year yep. because of COVID. And mm-hmm. that's something that's – not the Steelers' fault what happened. I mean, they always played it. Well, I'm going to play devil's advocate there. I'm going to say it was their fault because they were kicking the can but for three always, or four years. They, they did that. Pay, for, but it, that's it, what it kept them relevant. Well, yes. right. but the, the, the pandemic dropped the salary cap it $30 million. That's what did. I mean, right. if there's no pandemic, the salary cap – now, I'm not saying that they would have signed those guys. Right. But 
We're looking for defensive linemen. Mm-hmm. Would have been nice to have Hargrave yeah. still. Yeah. We're looking for offensive linemen. Would have been yeah. nice to have Matt Fine. Filer still. And we still haven't replaced Mike Hilton. Yeah. So, you know, those three guys are guys that they would have re-signed mm-hmm. but didn't. Um, and, you know, I just – the best thing can happen to the Steelers is – and you guys are you guys are Kenny guys. I'm not – I, I'm neutral. I'm not that I'm against Kenny. I just don't – I don't have that. Well, I told you what I thought of Kenny. Yeah, I right. think I, a best-case scenario, he's Kirk Cousins. That's best-case yeah. scenario. You said that, I didn't say yeah. he was yeah. – and listen, he, he got drafted in the wrong place. He could have went anywhere but here. I think right. this is the worst possible landing spot for him because he is really in a fishbowl now, right? Yeah. Because it's so it, it's so polarizing, right? Mm-hmm. It's just like left wing and right wing. Mm-hmm. You either love him now or you hate him. There's no in between, and and, and it's going to play with his psyche a little bit. But if you're a Steeler fan, what you have to hope for now is okay. You're staring at three top forty, top fifty picks right now. If Kenny establishes himself the rest of this year, and you say at the end of the year, okay, I feel like that's our guy. Mm-hmm. As heavy a quarterback draft as this mm-hmm. is. There are going to be people that want to jump into the top five, top ten. So if you can establish Kenny as your guy, you can trade out of there. They never do that, though. I, there's a lot of that, though. They didn't trade assets mm-hmm. midseason. They've done that with Chase Claypool. They didn't trade first-round picks. They did Minka. that with Minka. Right, right. So I think we're getting away from that right. a little bit. But if you're sitting at, say, seven or six, and they and there's a, there's a quarterback TD need, now all of a sudden yeah. you might be able to trade back and get – Two or three more mm-hmm. assets, or in the, the following top. year you get right. another first right. round pick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now you're starting to as- assemble those assets and figure out where you are and and start loading up. And those, I mean, you get six or seven picks in the knocks in the top forty or fifty in the next two years. That's how you rebuild offensive yeah. lines and defensive right. lines real yep. quick. Absolutely. Yep. So let's just take another minute, real quick, before we move on to our picks for the week to talk about the trade deadline today. Yeah. Who did something that's going to help them? In the playoffs, who hurt themselves? That what do you guys think? For me, the Dolphins. Yeah. I mean, the, the Dolphins went all in, right? Uh, you know, they got two dynamic wide receivers. They got a good tight end. Um, they got, and then they picked up Jeff Wilson, which was a nice pickup for them. Right, you nice know, running back from you know, the 49ers. They got yep. Raheem Moster, mm-hmm. who's had. He, listen, he has great speed, but he's injury prone, right? So now they got a backup to him. They, well, and they traded Chase Edmonds, right? Yes, that, and yes. the Bradley, and the Bradley deal. He yeah, went Bradley to Miami, Trump. so mm-hmm. he went to Denver. Yeah, so. he went yeah. to Denver. For me, Miami is a really scary team going into the playoffs. I mean, they can run the football, they can throw the football, and they can defend. Yeah, and those things. And they honestly, had a weakness on the defensive side. They you know, absolutely the, the pass rush the pass was weak. Yeah. We saw them. We played them. I mean, zero pressure from the Dolphins. And obviously, Baltimore picking up Roquan Smith. Oh. I mean, that, that's a huge pickup for them. That team's getting healthy, mm-hmm. and they run the ball right down your throat. I mean, they have. They're not trying to hide anything. They are going to run the ball right down your throat. So those two teams for me really and, – and listen, I love what Chicago did because they needed to pick up assets, right? And we're talking about the teams that obviously are going to help themselves for the playoffs, but teams like Detroit, right? T.J. Right? <coughs> Hawkinson, great yeah, tight end. Right. But you're not, you're not building a team around a tight end. Right, right. You pick up more draft assets, and God knows Detroit can't play a lick of defense. If it was flag football, they couldn't right. stop anybody. Yeah, I, I liken the Bradley Chubb move to Von Miller last year for the Rams. The only question is, I mean, you're looking at, you know, KC, you're looking at KC, Buffalo, Baltimore, and Miami now being the top four, I think, mm-hmm. teams going yep. into the playoffs. And the problem for Miami and Baltimore is that to me, they're still playing second fiddle at quarterback. And that's what wins you games a lot of times. 
So there's going to be a ton of pressure on Lamar, who bet on himself, Lamar Jackson, mm-hmm. who bet on himself, didn't sign the contract, you know, all that stuff, and Tua. Those mm-hmm. guys are going to – the organizations have now set up those teams that they can go compete with Buffalo and Kansas City. But at the quarterback spot, those guys are going to have to perform, and that is huge pressure yeah. on those guys. I think the difference, and you're right about – the difference mm-hmm. with Lamar is if he, the only real target he has is Mark Andrews, right? Mm-hmm. In Miami – I, like we're all oh, yeah. on the same page with Tua, right? Oh, yeah. A little iffy with his throws. Right. His arm's not super strong. But when you got two dynamic wide receivers like that, like he threw a ball up last week to Tyreek Hill. <laughs> he came out of nowhere and just he actually intercepted it from the defender. And I was thinking, where the hell's he throwing this? So those receivers for him, he has more weapons, so it kind of disguises, as Tom said, his stink mm-hmm. because those guys make him look a lot better. With Lamar, it's basically his legs. And not a whole lot at the wide receiver position mm-hmm. in Baltimore. Yeah. That's the only difference. I think Miami's really headed in the right direction. We haven't talked about the Steelers' other trade for the day, by the way. Uh, Chase Claypool, obviously that made the headlines, but then the Steelers came back and they acquired William Jackson, the cornerback from the Commanders, formerly of the Bengals. Um, this was a guy they were interested in the draft, Steelers, uh, since he took him one pick before the Steelers took Artie Burns. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> is right. And they, yeah, and they both – I mean – this is a guy I guess they're hoping to come in because the Steelers can't draft corners. We know that. So they have to supplement anywhere they can. They swapped late-round draft picks, well, I, I, whatever. 2025. I, yeah, I exactly. actually heard – I was listening on my way in um, to 93.7, a fan, and they had the radio announcer for their uh, commanders on. Yeah. And he said basically that they don't have to trade anything. They just wanted right. him out of there. Yeah. They, he just he he's a, he was a locker room cancer and they didn't want him. Just so, what we need here. Yeah. Well, he'll fit right in. Well, they, you know, that's what they they were saying he was just a bad fit in the scheme. Mm-hmm. He wasn't happy there. They didn't they were going to they were going to trade him or, or release yeah. him. So mm-hmm. that's why I was happy to see they didn't give up much. This is a guy that Mike Tomlin likes. This is what Tomlin does. This is what led to Minka. Mm-hmm. He beats these guys on pro days in call yep. when he's on college tours and he sort of makes a foul. And this is mm-hmm. one of them. Um, they were, I, from my understanding on draft day, they were William Jackson's name was written down mm-hmm. on the card. They were ready to go hand it in. The, you know, Cincinnati took him, and then they just kind of like, oh, right, who's yeah, next? Who yeah, else? Right, yeah. They went alphabetical order A, Artie, <laughs> and just or what? But uh, um, so you know, it's a it's a this is something that uh, you know we were talking through text when I when I sent mm-hmm. you guys that they traded. I'm like, what the hell are we doing? I, I don't have I don't have any corners. Yeah. I mean, uh, Weatherspoon was awful last week. Um, and Levi Wallace is hurt and stinks. Uh, <laughs> Camp Sutton is double win. Yeah, he's yeah. Camp Sutton. He's, yeah, a, he's, he's a great Sutton. number. He'd be yeah. a great number three. And then Pierre, who they put in, it, it did a little bit better. He got hurt. So yeah. I mean, they, you know, this is just a chance to pick up a guy they like and finish out the year. Maybe you catch mm-hmm. lightning in a bottle. He's only thirty. So if he can put together something, I think he's due twelve million next year. I mean, you can re, you know redo that. So you know, you get a little bit of a an asset and start looking next year. So. Nothing more than that. Right. Okay. All right, let's move on to our picks. Some decent games this weekend, unlike we last, weekend. last week. Last week, we were all the same. We were all 3-1. 3-1. We all yep. missed the Cincinnati-Cleveland Cincy, yeah. Yeah, game. How yep. did we miss that bad? We missed that one. Cleveland shit-stomped them. They really time. did. That was. I watched that whole game last night. And, you know, Cleveland's defense is, is stout, uh, but it's the same issues with Cincinnati. They thought they addressed their offensive line in the offseason. They can't run the football. They, and they so can't, they're one-dimensional. Yeah, they're very one-dimensional. Joe Burrow's running for his life. Yep. 
and Cleveland just totally shit stomped them. Um, yeah, they spent 120 million to fix their offensive line, and they stink. We spent 80 million, I think, the Steelers did on their offensive line, and we stink. Yeah, so there's 200 million out the right, door. Right, exactly. And that, that's your point, Michael, about free agency is not the way to build a team. Uh, so anyway, this week we have Buffalo at six and one. I mean, what can you say about them? They played a bad game against Green Bay. They still won by ten. I mean, and they're going to New York, the Meadowlands, to take on the Jets. And, five I, and I'll three. say this, and Tommy, he alluded to he hates Josh Allen for some reason. I don't, but I, I get where he's coming from. He, you know, Sunday he he's too loosey goosey with the football. Um, he made some throws. I yeah. know he has the most dynamic arm I think I've ever seen. I mean, he, he makes throws that you just you don't. Yeah, he flings see. his wrist and the ball goes fifty yards. And, it's crazy, you know. But he makes mistakes in points in games where you're like, huh, why did you make that throw when he, mm-hmm. he can run you over? I mean, I so yeah, I mean, listen, the Jets, it was a nice story, but now it's it's going to start heading back the other way. Um, Buffalo's and, and without Brees Hall, that yeah, I mean, that hurt. was really really had that a kid good was dynamic, yeah. Him. They were one dimensional on a Sunday. second round draft pick <clears throat> at running back. Yes. Um, I think Buffalo steamrolls this team. Their defense is getting healthy. Um, mm-hmm. you know who's playing really well is Demar Hamlin. Yeah, I mean he's really laying the wood as a, as a Roll Vikes. safety. Yeah, yeah, he's really playing well. I like Buffalo big in this game. Yeah, I do too. The only thing is Zach Wilson is beaten to his mom's girlfriends or mom's best friends and stuff like that. I mean that's the only thing he's. So had. That's, did he really do? Did yeah, he, that's really? only that's the only thing he has real success at is dating his mom's friends. I mean <laughs> the, the Bills. I mean I mean are going to come in. I, I think they're going to put up fifty on these guys and and just run them right out of the building. So. Yeah, I, nothing else to be said on that game. Buffalo wins big. Um, next Tennessee, they've won five in a row. They're going to KC. <laughs> that 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 winning streak's coming to an end. So it's quick. five out of six. <laughs> right. So is what you're saying. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'll say this though, Derrick Henry, and if if the running the running game that they put on, I don't they know have they, to. They I have don't run. know that Kansas City can stop can stop that run. But unfortunately, they have no quarterback. Yeah, unfortunately, at some point, Patrick Mahomes is going to get the ball, yeah. and I don't think they're going to be in a great mood coming off the bye uh, from their performance right before the bye. So yeah, I'm going to take Kansas City in this one. Yeah, this is a weird matchup, and and you look at at least, and we talk about identity all the time. Like Tennessee, obviously, doesn't have a ton of talent, but under Mike Vrabel, they have an identity. Yeah. They know exactly who they are. They don't divert from what they do. Right. Um, unfortunately, this week it's not going to help them. I, I think Kansas City beats them. I, they just don't have enough offense no. to, to hang with no. Kansas City. Exactly. They really yeah. don't. Also, Can, by the way, yes. I hate Mike Vrabel. Oh. He's right there with Josh Allen, oh. as far as I'm concerned. Okay. So, just so you know. Yeah. All right. Tommy hates Mike Rabel. Okay. Ravens at Saints. Ravens at five and three. Saints at the opposite three and five. New Orleans coming off a nice victory. I mean, I know uh, it was the Ra- shutout. Yeah, yeah. Uh, shutout against know, the Raiders. New Orleans was supposed to have this big defense coming into the mm-hmm. year. They hadn't played up the snuff, and all of a sudden last week, when everybody in fantasy dropped New Orleans's defense, mm-hmm. they pitch a shutout. Right. Um, Andy Dalton's your quarterback. I don't think Alvin Kamara scores three touchdowns against Baltimore's defense, and he's really the only weapon they have. Is Michael Thomas still in the league? I know. Is it the foot again? Is it the same foot? Is it the ankle? I I mean, he he went from being one of the top three wide receivers in the game to disappearing. MIA. He's on the back of a milk carton. Three years. Mm -hmm. Um, New Orleans doesn't have enough weapons, I I think, to play with Baltimore. I think Baltimore wins this game. I think it's going to be closer than people think. Low scoring, close game. I think Baltimore's going to win this game. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, is this this game is in New Orleans? In, yes. New, in New Orleans, yeah. Yeah, I uh, I 
I just think Baltimore is uh, Baltimore starting to come together a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, they're starting to get healthy yep. on the defensive side of the ball. This will be Roquan Smith's first game. Um, I, I think Baltimore is uh, is, is going to win this one. Must three in a row. We all bet on the same team. That's so great. We're yeah, all bad. Baltimore. Yeah, usually, oh, if I oh, yeah, usually three. And then I threw this one in just because I want to make a few comments on a certain person that plays for Arizona. But Seattle five and three surprise team in the NFL for sure. Uh, no one gave them a chance. Geno Smith playing phenomenal. Listen, football. I'll tell you something about Geno Smith. You've got to put him in the MVP conversation. Now, I know Jalen Hurts right. and Josh Allen are probably the two front yeah. runners. Geno Smith's number three for me. I He played a perfect game on Sunday. He mm-hmm. doesn't make a bad throw. Um, I don't know if you heard Tyler Lockett's comments after the game. No, what did he, he say? He said it's a lot easier to win when nobody wants the glory. No, I throwing some shade at I Russell Wilson. I think he was Wilson. throwing a little shade at Russell Wilson. Um, Geno Smith is playing out of his mind. At yeah. 30 years old, he finally mm-hmm. gets it. And um, – yeah, I mean, and I know you're going to so, pick. I, okay, okay, so you're going to pick on Kyler Murray, and yeah. I'm going to be devil's advocate here okay. for you, okay? I'm not a huge Kyler Murray fan. I think fan. he stinks. And I said it coming out. Another team with no identity is the Arizona Cardinals. They don't know what they want right. to do on offense. They have no clue. Uh, Kingsbury is a gimmick mm-hmm. coach. He runs a gimmick offense in an NFL where you can't run that. You can run that in college when you're, you know, at Texas Tech, when mm-hmm. you're playing in the Big 12. I mean, you could run it. I could put an offense together to score in the Big 12. Anybody can. Yeah. doesn't work in the NFL. I don't think he's going to be Arizona's coach after this year. Then we'll find out if, if Kyler Murray can actually play. Because without Kings, uh, Cliff Kingsbury, I, I know you don't. He has no feel for the game. He does You want to talk about an identity. This guy, he, he – I mean, listen, he's got a rocket of an arm. He can throw the ball 90 yards in the air whatever. That's great, but he, he can't read a defense to save his life. I love watching does. him run because he runs like a five-year-old that just stole your cell phone <laughs> right. and you're chasing him around. Like you got those little legs and he just waddles everywhere. Um, no, I, I Seattle, listen, Pete Carroll's done. Wow, we didn't think this team, we didn't right. think they might win a game, right? Yep. I mean, right. we all yep. said before the season, Pete Carroll yep. is definitely midway through the season coach of the year. No yep. question. No question. Geno Smith is in the MVP conversation. Yep. I like Seattle to win this game. I just don't trust Cliff, Cliff Kim, Kingsbury. Yep. I don't. Shut it down. Gino, look at the numbers. Gino Smith, settle down. Just look down. at the numbers. I know you're not feeling well. Just drink your something over there. I mean, come on, he's not going to be. I made Michael some tea over. I, I said midway through the season. Tea and honey. How was the tea? It was good. Yeah, brushes and beans. Take care of your tea. Yeah. There you go. Um, uh, yeah, I, I think Seattle's going to win this game because I think Arizona stinks and I think they're <laughs> a hot mess. Um, maybe when Cliff Kingsbury gets fired, he can come here and take over Pitt and put a little excitement in the Pitt program after Narduzzi gets fired. Well, that's a you, that's a perfect transition to our next topic. Tom. That's how I that's roll. A better, I mean, that holy hell! How I roll. That was so beautiful. We're all taking Seattle. Yes. of course. Yeah. And so we're all we're on the same. same. Nobody, yeah. Nobody diverted. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, Cliff would look good here, Pitt. Another putrid performance from the Panthers. They lose to North Carolina. No surprise. We all thought North Carolina was going to win this same game. Same movie again. Same. I mean, it's the same thing over and over and over and. Um, you know, Pitt's offense, they came out. Listen, I'll give Signetti credit. They had a nice game plan coming out. They were running Jared Wayne on the post behind the safety because North Carolina was playing eight and nine guys in the box and saying, you're not going to beat us with the run. So they beat him over the top a few times with Jay Wayne. Even those passes, okay, no one's saying this. I'm going to say it, and they're all oh, because you don't like Keaton. I have nothing to – whatever. He can't throw a ball. I mean, two of those balls were underthrown. The third one, Wayne had to come back for and dive for it, and he was 15 yards wide open, drops the ball. I mean, 
Listen, and then in the second half, North Carolina adjusts. Adjusts. You know, they and, and Pitt had no answer. And in the fourth quarter, the offense did nothing. Izzy, you can't blame him. He fumbled. I mean, whatever. He's carried this team on his back, this offense on his back all year. I'm not going to fault him. But they had three three and outs, and they lost the game again. Same shit that so, Exactly. Yeah, I mean, you and talk then, about rinse and repeat with both of yeah. these teams that we're talking about. Pitt and, every week. Pitt and the Steelers, I mean – I mean, I hate to say it, but if you want to know what happened this week, just listen to the podcast last week. It's right. the same and the week show. before yeah. and the week before yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, it's the same show. And I, you know, I'm I'm not going to stop beating the drum. This is uh, to me, this is a quarterback problem. Uh, I, you know, if you, everybody can say what they want about you know whether we're Nick Patty guys or not. Watch Keaton Slovis right. and tell me how you're his guy. I don't. Right. I, I mean, I don't. I, you could pick five guys out of a lineup, and I'd rather take a shot at them. I, I watched this guy. This guy don't got it. He just doesn't have it. I don't know what happened to him because I thought in the first half of the Tennessee game he played well. He took that hit, and he has mm-hmm. not been – he's an no, absolute he's... shell of himself yep. since then. And, and Well, I... and I'm hearing from inside the athletic department that last year, last week of practice, one guy outshone the other. And let's just say the, the guy that had the best practice week, at least early on in the week before his practice reps were stripped from him, uh, wasn't the guy who started the game. So what is the fast? Why is Listen, Narduzzi we, sticking with Tommy this guy? Tommy said this weeks and weeks ago. Yeah. Narduzzi's gonna go down with this shit. This well, dude is not coming I'm, out of the line. I'm gonna take it a step further. I'm gonna say that this university paid Keaton Slovis, sort of like USC did with Addison, a ton of money to come here, and now they want return on their investment. Well, so Narduzzi's hand is forced. You got a four and fourteen getting so, ready to play Syracuse. Right. So they blew it. Go to they blew four it. Four and five. So it's yeah. over. Mm-hmm. You know, so, try something different. It can't mm-hmm. be any worse. Like we said, even if we are, I, listen, I love Nick. He's a great kid. I would give him a shot. It can't be can't any be worse, worse than what's right. slow. No, no so 14-31 against the worst pass defense in the freaking ACC. The worst. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what else can be said at this point? And, no, I'm done with this team. I mean, I'm going to say, you know, Kenny said it after the Steeler game. You keep the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. That's pit to a T. No, and I was we're talking about this before air with with Heather Lichen. She's done a phenomenal job of developing the the smaller programs at Pitt. I mean, volleyball, men's and women's, and and softball, soccer. I mean, those were all non-existent programs. They've built them all up to national powers. But the people that write the checks to pay for those programs is basketball and football. Mm-hmm. And with the contract ridiculous contract extensions that she slapped on Capel and and Narduzzi. I mean, I don't even know. Do do you have any idea what the buyout would be for those two? For Narduzzi, he signed to twenty eight. I'm here, and it's like an eighteen million dollar buyout Jeez. after this year. Right. Capel, I think, is down to eleven or twelve. But don't next year, me, but it's two. Yes. So that's why Capel's yeah. on. And he's, but the reality of it is, he's not yeah. coach. and I, I know I'm not going to take a shot at, at Pitt because well, I am going to take a shot yeah. at Pitt. Uh, if you are serious about college football, you'd pay the buyout and get rid of right. it because I think I think it's very clear to see if you take a step back. And take Kenny Pickett and set him mm-hmm. to the side last year. That be the this same coach thing. is exactly what he is. Yeah, he's a seven and five, six and six on a good year, eight and four coach. And if that's what you want your program to be, then I guess you got the right guy. But I would think that Pitt would want better than that. And I, I, this guy has just got. I'm going to throw something him. out there because we all know a lot. I mean, we've been following this a long time. Do you ever remember a team going from they went from winning their conference championship to being irrelevant? Midway through the next season, think about that. That's what's happened here. They've gone from winning the championship to you know preseason. We talked about it, national championship aspirations, at least the playoffs. And now they're out of it, and we're you know we're, we're just the beginning of November. Yeah, they're done. And I, and I mean, 
all the goodwill that was built up last year is gone. gone. And, you know, and, and you can't necessarily predict this kind of stuff, but with the Steelers being awful, there's a void for good football mm-hmm. in this town. Mm-hmm. And this was a chance for you that maybe Great if you, point. maybe if you had some eyes, mm-hmm. you had a product that was worth watching that you would have gotten some more eyes and been able to build off that momentum. And now you've got the star of last year's team playing for the star is the quarterback of the hometown right. professional team. There's a tie in there, and they've just they done do everything they can to piss this away. Well, we've talked we've talked about Narduzzi hitting the lottery last year, right? Without COVID, Kenny's probably a sixth or seventh round pick because he got that extra right. year. And we're seeing it with other guys, obviously. Mm-hmm. Hendon, Hendon Hooker, Hooker. Yep. yes, in Tennessee. I mean, we, if you watch college football on a Sunday or a Saturday, you'll see a quarterback and you'll go, I've seen him somewhere. Oh, yeah, he played for four colleges. And right, he's like right. 25 years old. I mean, he's starting quarterback at Georgia. He's 20. Mm-hmm. He turned 25 last Friday. <laughs> I mean, at some point, you got to move on with your life's work. So, Kenny, Kenny hit the right storm at the right time, right? Without that COVID year, he has to enter the NFL draft. He might he either goes undrafted or goes very late they, in the draft, yeah. and we're not even talking about this. So, this was one of those things that, you know, Narduzzi, you know, he, he hit on it for one year. And now it's gone. And we talk about you got to have a quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. You talk about the teams. Yeah, oh yeah. Listen, yep. CJ uh, Stroud, right? Mm-hmm. Drake May from North Carolina. Listen, this kid, if you haven't He's seen He's the number one pick play, next year in the draft. Oh 2024 God. draft. The, is the throws this kid makes, unbelievable. You can't teach what he has. Mm-hmm. Um Caleb Williams at USC. Yep. I mean, he's another guy. Twenty-four touchdowns, one interception. Those are you. I don't care if you got a great defense, a great running game. If you don't have a quarterback in college football, you're not going anywhere. Yep, we're seeing it this year. Uh, so let's talk. I mean, Drake May, um, really impressive kid. I mean, he has the size. Obviously, he has the athleticism. The J- the Josh Allen comparisons are natural, and you hear them all the time with this kid. Um, makes all the throws. Rocket of an arm. Uh, that was he was the difference in that game, hands down. Well, to is your he point, a redshirt freshman? he's a redshirt yes. freshman. Yeah, so he's yeah. eligible for the draft for next yeah. year. Mm-hmm. And the most so he'll impre- torture pit next year one more time. The, the most impressive thing about Drake May is you talk about these other quarterbacks, Caleb Williams and even Hendon Holcomb. May's doing this with really no NFL caliber offensive players around him, which is sort of what Josh Allen did at Wyoming, mm-hmm. like. You see quarterbacks like C.J. Stroud. Well, he should be good. Yeah. He's got Marvin Harrison Jr., uh, Smith, Smith and the Jigma. Yeah, whatever his name yep. is. Uh, it, it, they got five-star guys. He doesn't have any five-star <laughs> wide receivers at North Carolina. And he's putting up – now he got 29 touchdowns and three interceptions mm-hmm. in his first year. As a, he's completing 71% of his passes. That's insane. We yeah. don't have that here, and that's why we're talking about a 4-4 four and four football team. Well, another team that's sitting at 4-4, four and four, Tommy – well, are your Pittsburgh Penguins started season started out with it? Listen, it's early. I get that. It's very, very early in the season. We've talked about that. This season goes on and on and on. And on. but started with such promise, and then they go on the road trip, and it's like. Well, one of my fears was lived out this week, and again, it, like you said, it, those four losses, you know, will they ultimately mean something in the standings at the end of the year? Probably not, but. You're just watching the game, and what I had hoped would happen is is that if we're going to bring the band back together, that the leader of the band would uh, start to figure out a way to make the band play a different tune. 
you know <laughs> I like it or you know right. um, at some point everybody has to come out with a new album and the <laughs> Penguins and Crosby Malkin and Latang have been playing off that same album for 17 years and the reality of it is they can't play those songs no more they can't hit those high notes <laughs> it's time to learn a new song I like this analogy it's really and good. What I had hoped was Sullivan got the, you know, he's another one that got a five-year extension that I don't think he needed, but he got it anyway. So he's the coach. And I keep hearing about what a hard ass he is and the voice and this and that. But as I watch the game, they still play the same way. They, they're all go, you know, no with no defensive minded whatsoever. You know, they don't, you know, that we've talked about them trapping or doing things especially when they get the lead, or, or just play smarter. And these guys are not going to play smarter on their own. That's where the coach comes in. This is how we're playing. And I really hoped that in this offseason that Sullivan, with knowing that these guys were coming back and knowing that what the way this track record has been the last few years, that there would be a, that there would be a better system. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm just not seeing it. Uh, and you start to see the same old habits, the turnovers, the, the carelessness with the puck. You know, guys like capping and making drop passes at the blue line to turn around and go back in your mm-hmm. net. Um, the top two lines are the only guys that are scoring. You know, we gave right. we gave Malkin and, and Rust a chance for for six games, and then right away we right. have to put Rust back with Crosby because Crosby only wants to play with Gensel and Rust. No matter if it works out better right. with Rust, right. you know, spreading it out a little bit. Um, you know, Latang's you know been playing and not, not playing well. Dumoulin, his partner, has didn't play great. It, it's been disappointing. Mm-hmm. That's a good way. word. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to overreact to it, but it's disappointing nonetheless. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it's just it's the stuff that you were hoping. Okay, that we would have a better solution to, mm-hmm. and it's just it's not the power play. Mm-hmm. You know, we keep we keep putting the same five guys out there all the time you know back to Kenny Pickett's mm-hmm. one we keep doing the same thing over again Expect let me ask you results. something is Sullivan becoming like Bilesma where he's so stubborn he won't change his ways because what he, he believes in his system and his way and he's not going to change and that was the knock on Bilesma when they ultimately let him go was he became an arrogant fool um, and wouldn't change his ways it was very stubborn um, is that what Sullivan's becoming I'm not sure I don't know if it's – you would think that Sullivan has enough security and has been there long enough yeah. that he's the coach and, and it's the way it goes. But part of me thinks that he placates to the players too much and knows that the, that the players don't want to play a more defensive system, that this is the way – and he thinks this is the way to get the best out of them is the best thing I can mm-hmm. tell you. Um, you know, I think it was game three or game four last year against the playoff in the Rangers. They got up mm-hmm. in the third period – they trapped and played defensively the whole rest of the game. They won that game and then refused to do that the rest of the series and then wound up losing, blowing multiple game mm-hmm. leads in game five, six, and seven. Um, I don't know. I don't know where – I think there's a I think there's a stubbornness between the coach and the players. I think the, the coach thinks that the best way to keep his players engaged is to let them play the way that, you know, that they want to play. Um, but – it's it's been frustrating. The power play too. I mean, the power play is just so. The biggest problem with the power play is there's no quarterback. There's nobody that can lead that. They score goals strictly because the five of them are so talented that eventually, yeah, they're going to go away. They're yeah. going to do something. But it, it, you know, there's no Gonchar back there. Mm-hmm. There's no Mario on the right wall that sort of controls everything. Um, 
you know, Gonchar was a guy that he wasn't the most overpowering shot. He wasn't any, but he just knew how to control right. things. And Latang's not that guy. He never has been that guy. Um, and, you know, all those things are the little details that cost him in April. So I'm hoping that as the year goes along, we'll start to see this, especially if they keep losing. Um, they're at home tonight against Boston, who's eight and one, comes in fire, and then they go back. You know, they go back, back on, on the, the road. Mm-hmm. I mean, they the Penguins the Penguins requested this schedule from the NHL. They don't want to play a lot of they. they last year they played a lot of home games in October, mm-hmm. and they didn't draw well because people in Pittsburgh are busy now. They got football season, high mm-hmm. school football. You know, um, they asked for this schedule, so that's why they're starting off. I think it's. It's something ridiculous. 14 of their first 20, I think, are mm-hmm. on the road. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot. Yeah. So I just hope it doesn't bury them. So um, we'll see. Yeah, time will tell. Lots of hockey left to play, but they certainly have to adjust quickly. Or you're right. I mean, they're going to get buried. And then they're going to have to play every game like it's a playoff game starting in January because they're going to be so far behind. So we'll see. Time will tell. Now we're going to move on to fact or fiction. One thing before yeah. I did that, a little breaking news that's frustrating oh. for the Pirates. Nolan Arenado again won the Gold Glove over Cabrian Hayes. Who cares? Yeah. Uh, I don't care. I do. I'd rather him hit. Well, <laughs> yeah, but I think the kid's a good. I think the kid deserves a Gold Glove. I think Arenado gets it's it reputation. It is reputation. Yeah. Yeah. It's I, ten I, years I, in a I, row. I think well, Cabrian Hayes is a. Better. To Michael's point, though, if Cabrian Hayes would throw up twenty-five to thirty home runs, it might be a different I'd story. Take twenty-five to thirty hits. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, more baseball to come in a minute here. Fact or fiction, we haven't talked in any NBA yet, Michael, so let's yeah, start with the NBA, reason. fact or fiction. Uh, the one in five Lakers, I love that. I love that. Oh. It, does the one, nice it has a real nice ring to it. The one in five Lakers will trade one of their big three very soon. Do you want to explain to the people what the NBA is before you start talking about it, or do you no. think they know? <laughs> well, they, they always fast-forward through the hockey talk, so there's that. <laughs> um, yeah, so the Lakers, I, I'm going to say fiction. They're not going to trade one of the, of the contracts. The contracts are so huge. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the best chance they have is salary dumping Russell yes. Westbrook. Mm-hmm. But the, the Lakers' trepidation with dealing him, and I heard to the Indiana Pacers mm-hmm. for uh, Miles Turner and Buddy Heel, which would help the Lakers right. immensely because then Anthony Davis could go back to playing power forward, and then that stretches right. your roster out. Buddy Heald is a knockdown three-point shooter, which the Lakers mm-hmm. couldn't hit water if they fell out of a boat from three-point range. The problem the Lakers are having is basically Indiana's like, okay, we'll take Westbrook's contract, but we want three first-round picks. And the Lakers, because they're getting older, don't want to keep trading draft assets, like you said, right. kicking the can down the road. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say it's fiction. You know, but and especially because the Lakers, there's a chance they could finish in the top three mm-hmm. in the lottery, which sounds crazy. And to trade that pick, if it does, if this trade doesn't work out, then they're even screwed even longer. So I'm going to say fiction on that. If they stay at this level, is there any chance LeBron orchestrates his trade out of LA and goes well, somewhere we, else? Well, we've we've seen it before. I mean, yeah. with the NBA, uh, if a and I'm if, talking this season, like yes. if, if things get so bad. You know, I never say never in the NBA because it it seems the players have more control of what Mm -hmm. the situation is in the NBA than any other sport. Uh, We've seen it last year with James Harden. Mm -hmm. Um, He had a really bad hamstring injury in New Jersey or in Brooklyn. Brooklyn, I'm sorry, and then he got traded to the Sixers and looked like he dropped 30 pounds in (laughs) one week and was fresh to play. So you you can force your way out of a place. I don't know if LeBron will do that. 
um, but it's a possibility. It just, like I said, the money is hard mm-hmm. to move. Like even Anthony Davis, nobody wants him because he makes thirty some million dollars a year, and he only plays about forty five games a year. He's always hurt. Yeah. So it's going to be hard to move one of those big three. And this is this is the problem when you put a, a roster together like the Lakers did, as Tommy likes to use a fantasy mm-hmm. roster. That's what they put yep. together. Mm-hmm. Russell, this isn't the Russell Westbrook from five years ago. This even LeBron is still playing at a high level. He's thirty eight years old. Mm-hmm. He can't just put a team on his shoulders anymore, night in and night out, 82 games, and expect him to carry that team to victory. Um, And and it's funny, you're watching roster construction. And, you know, I was watching the Spurs last night. I don't mean to get off topic, but, you know, man, is Greg Popovich good. Can you name me one San Antonio Spur? No. Tip Duncan. He's (laughs) he's retired. I I, honestly Exactly. They're five and two. Yeah. Because he constructed a roster that each player has an individual role on that roster. The Lakers don't have that. They got a bunch of pieces that just don't fit together. So I'm going to say fiction on moving one of those. They're going to try, but they're going to have to give up a hell of a lot to get rid of one of those salaries because nobody's going to take on that mm-hmm. salary and not expect a large, large return. return. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, didn't I just hear not that long ago that uh, LeBron was going to try to angle his way to whatever team had Bronny in a couple of years? It's a possibility. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like the Ken Griffey Jr. Mm-hmm. senior yeah. thing mm-hmm. in Seattle. Well, that wasn't orchestrated. Well, yeah, it actually it was, was orchestrated. Yep. Seattle signed Ken Griffey Sr. Right. When they, yep. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, it's a possibility that LeBron could do that. And um, I, I just, But this year, I don't see it. No, I don't. I, I don't see them going. I don't know. The money is just astronomical. Yeah. See, I'm going to say fact because I don't. LeBron won't stay. If they're 10 and 20, 28, for example. And there's a good chance. And there's a chance they could be not good. Yeah, there's no way he's staying. But he's making like fifty million dollars a year. How do you fit that into somebody's cap? Yeah, that's it is somebody's goods cap. Right. Yeah, somebody's goods cap. True. Somebody. True. Yeah. Not Indiana. Yeah. Okay. What about Portland? On the flip side, now you're talking about how bad the Lakers have been. On the flip side, you have the Trailblazers sitting on top of the Western Conference early, right? But they're five and one. So what about a team like Portland? If they keep this up, they have they have the room. They have the room. They have the draft assets to do it. Uh, I, I maybe they pull the trigger, but it's not going to be. It would have to be LeBron. It would definitely wouldn't be a good right. team's not taking Russell Westbrook. I'm yeah, because I don't think LeBron is going to sit through a year of no. He's like he's thirty eight years old. Yeah, he's not going to waste one of his last years in the I NBA. I hope he does because I enjoy every second. Oh, I do too. Yeah, it's it's nice to see. I can't stand yeah, those of us. Yeah, ring chaser. Yeah, that's what I call. Yeah. It. Well, that's exactly my point. My yeah. point. I, it's a possibility that he could possibly go to Portland if Portland feels like he could put them over the you know top. Mm-hmm. But they're going to have to give back some of their their young assets, like right. Amphrey Simons. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they got some young guys that they would, and then obviously the 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 draft equity that you would have to get up to get up get a get up like LeBron. I mean, it would be it, it would be really difficult. Yeah. What do you so you think it's fiction or fact? Fact. I think it's All fact. Right. Well, we'll I, I, there's no way LeBron stays on it. I say, fi- I say fiction. Yeah, I say fiction. It's, it's going to be hard. Just in ten seconds, Michael. Yeah, Jordan versus LeBron. Are you taking? You're taking Jordan, right? Uh, no, and, and I, that's not that. I. It's not an indictment on I, who I think's better. A Jordan would. Jordan was a different player. You're talking about shooting guard against a, basically a power forward mm-hmm. that plays point guard. It's a different game today. They're playing one on one. LeBron's just bigger. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, in both in the, in their prime. I mean, if you're picking a player to start a franchise, I'm taking Michael Jordan because he'll just play with whoever you give him. Mm-hmm. He'll make them better. Right. He's not going to go 
to Miami with mm-hmm. Dwayne Wade and you know and Chris Bosh and, and Chris yeah. Bosh mm-hmm. and then you know then oh well that that broke up now I'm going to go here and mm-hmm. back to the Cavs and then oh the Cavs started trading now let me go right. to the Lakers. Uh, Michael Jordan was the ultimate competitor on, uh, but if you're playing one on one, I would have to take LeBron. Who do you think had the better career? Mm. Michael. Yeah, I would say Michael. Michael. You got to remember. I mean, he missed two full two seasons yep. in the middle of his prime, and then because he was went to play baseball, so it's <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and you got to remember, he missed his second year in the NBA. Right. Basically, every game, but what twelve or something, mm-hmm. he played in that year. So. I mean, basically missed three full seasons of, of his career. So I, I would say Michael had a better career. Yeah. You know, he's a better scorer. There's, they're both different players. But you got to remember, Michael Jordan was first team all defense, what, mm-hmm. nine times? Yeah. I mean, he was a lockdown defender. <laughs> People forget how good a defensive player he was. Um, but, you know, I don't want to be that guy. LeBron is one of the top three players of all time. I, I'm not taking anything away from him. I just lost respect for him because he was mm. ring chasing. Mm. And I, I just I, But that's the way of yeah. all sports now. Everybody just goes where, where the best players are. They don't try to win where they're at. Would you have seen Larry Bird want to go to the Lakers and play with Magic? No. He was like, I didn't no, want to play no, with him. No. I wanted to beat him. <laughs> it's a different mentality now. No, I mean, Jordan won, Jordan won six rings with – Steve Kerr's and John Paxson's yeah. and Luke Longley and Bill Cartwright. Bill Cartwright, yeah, who's 50 Cartwright. years old, yeah. Yeah. All right, let's transition over to Major League Baseball. Uh, fact or fiction, the World Series will make it back to Houston. That's a fact. That's a fact. Uh, and I said Houston's the better team. Philadelphia's playing really good baseball right now. Um, their bullpen. That comeback was unbelievable. It was. It, listen, I won one. Down five I was against you guys the best pitcher in week, Major League Baseball. That both lineups – are deep. You start getting into the six, seven, eight hitters, and you're like, damn, these guys. With the Yankees, you watch the Yankees, and after Judge hit, you're like, oh, the rest of these guys are mm-hmm. going to strike out. Mm-hmm. I mean, because they just didn't have anything, and they were all has-beens. Um, both of these lineups are really good. Houston's pitching staff is better. Like tonight's game three, right? You got, you got Lance McCullers against Ranger Suarez. Mm-hmm. Um, if Houston scores early in this game and they get to their bullpen, you know, McCullers can give them five or six good innings, and they're up three-one. You know, two nothing or something like that gives Houston the advantage. Yeah, it's going back to Houston. I still think Houston's going to win in six. Okay. Yeah, I agree. I think it's going back to Houston. I will say one thing though: Philadelphia, especially at home, got something or a little mm-hmm. mojo in that air there. If they can pull out this game tonight and get the two-one and build a little momentum mm-hmm. and get a little something going, I don't know. I'm just saying, there is something going yeah. on with that team, and I, I'm a big believer. And you don't have to be the best. You're playing the best year. baseball right now. You got to yep. play the best yep. ball. You got to play the best we game. Watch the Giants do your best team as, right now. The Giants, the San Francisco Giants, did it three times as a wild card. Yeah, they started playing hot baseball when it counted, and that's you know, and and you're right, Philadelphia. Every game they played in September was a playoff game, and there's something to be said about that. Tommy said that before the the uh, the the playoffs started. That layoff, was it going to bother the teams that got that week off when they were playing those wild card series, those three-game series, when you kind of lose your edge a little bit? Mm-hmm. Um, I just – Houston's pitching staff is really, really good. And then their lineup is really, yeah. really good. I mean, you know, I mean, Altuve and Bregman and obviously Alvarez and Kyle Tucker, and, and they're really deep. I, I, Houston's a better team, but you're right. If mm-hmm. Philadelphia gets this game tonight, that puts immense pressure back on Houston, immense pressure. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm going to say fact that it's going to make it back. 
But you're, the, the, the Phillies team has a little something special going. That comeback is very indicative of it. I mean, you're down five runs against the best pitcher in Major League Baseball. In the fifth inning. In the fifth inning, inning, you come back and make it happen. So there's something happening there for sure. But I'm going to say fact. It's and you got Castellanos making that yeah. play in the ninth. Yeah. Oh. I mean. Yeah. Yeah, there, there's no question. They're, they're playing their best ball right yeah, now. I knew so it wasn't we'll going to be a sweep. I knew that. Yeah, I was wrong. Is Verlander that. going game four? Did they announce that yet? Um, or are they going to wait and see what happens tonight? I, think I haven't heard that they've made the If they win tonight, uh, I, would, I would imagine it would not be him. Because they're going three in a row, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they're going Tuesday, Wednesday, Wednesday Thursday. Thursday. Yeah. Yep. You know, I, I would imagine if they win tonight, they, they might throw somebody else. Yeah. All right, and another one Tommy came up with before we went on air. This is a fun one. Uh, I always like to end with something like this. Dan Marino, Larry Fitzgerald, and Tony Dorsett are the best, we'll call them triumvirate, whatever. Um, quarterback, running Quarterback, back. running back, wide receiver in college football. If you take the best from each school at that respective position, they're the best of any school. Fact or fiction. I'll start us. Um, I'm going to say fact. Um, Danny, one of the top 10 quarterbacks of all time. Larry, one of the top 10 wide receivers of all time. TD, one of the be top 10 running backs of all time. No other school can claim that. So I'm going to say I'm going to say fact. Yeah, and I and I will gladly say I stole this from Mark Madden show because he was talking Oof. about it, but he was saying it in passing. I don't think he was putting a whole lot of thought into it. But he doesn't put a lot of thought into anything. No, he really doesn't. Um, but what's unique about what what we're talking about with Pitt is is that they were equally great college and pro. Yeah. Um, I mean, you can make an argument that they were both top ten on both sides of that on, on, in their positions. And, you know, we were talking about some of the programs and stuff, you know, like a program, Tim Tebow might be Florida's greatest quarterback in college football. He might be one of the top five college footballs of all quarterbacks of You're all time. College, college. But he's a horrible, he was a right. horrible pro. Right. Um, you know, I, just trying to go through some of the big programs and stuff. Uh, Alabama, I mean. Joe Namath, their best quarterback ever? Joe Namath, Derrick Henry. Henry. Yeah. Who's their wide receiver? Do we got a wide receiver? Mm -hmm. Julio Jones. Jones yeah. uh, is he in the same? No, as, not as Larry Fitz. And he wasn't no. as a college football probably yeah, either, was yeah. he? He was good, yeah. Top 10 like Fitz? I mean, mm. Fitz was fed second in Heisman. That's true. Uh, I mean, I don't well, how about Notre Dame? How about Montana? Joe, Joe Montana. Bettis and Tim Brown. Tim Brown won the Heisman, mm. and he had yeah. a Hall of Fame career. Okay, I'd put them up there. For I, sure. I'm not saying they're better. I'm just right. I was trying to find right. some that compare no, that's, that's three that's that's three college that's three college football pro famers and three, three NFL NFL Hall of Famers. So that's yeah. what Pitt did. Yeah. That's what Pitt will will have. I mean right. Fitzgerald's going to Fitzgerald's first ballot, yeah. I can't um, think of any others. That's a pretty good one. Um Penn State. Let's talk Penn State. And even I mean, that, Penn I'm taking State never had a great quarterback. quarterback yeah, so I they're mean, out. Todd Blackledge. Yeah, I mean, no. I'm giving Montana the edge over Marino, but yep. I'm giving Dorsett the edge over Bettis. Yep. And then Fitzgerald. I'd give Fitzgerald the edge over I don't Tim, know, Brown. But Tim Brown. A little bit. Tim Brown, Tim was, Brown awesome. was the punt returns and stuff yeah. like that too early on. Yes, he was. Yeah. A, he was a dynamic player. He Ooh, was. That's a good one. A dynamic. That's a good, that's a good one. That's a good call. Uh, who else? USC. We might have to go to tight end for break. The problem with USC, quarter, who, where we go quarterback with USC? Wait, can we go to tight end for the tiebreaker? Mike Ditka? Mike Ditka, okay. Can you give me a Notre Dame tight end? I mean, Notre Dame's had a ton of Mark, I mean, Mark Bavaro is probably their He's best. He's a Hall of Famer, but, you know, different. 
different era that was yeah. blocking tight end. Of course, Ditka was, I mean, yeah. was back in the, the I, I'd say it's a toss. There you go. Toss up again. Yeah, no, Notre Dame's had some great players. USC, like we said, I mean, great running backs, stables. Yeah. Marcus oh, Allen. yeah, Marcus I mean, Allen. Marcus right. Allen's had a great career. They've had wide receivers. receivers. That, yeah, like, it, Keyshawn. Uh, yes, I but mean, Keyshawn wasn't yeah, a great, great pro. Great, great, you he, know, he, he, was, he was an okay, okay pro. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, Pitt probably, you know, them and Notre Dame probably yeah. right there right. together. Yeah, that's interesting. A good all right, boys, let's end it for this week, the Jerome Bettis edition of ABC on Pittsburgh Sports. Um, any closing comments? I, I, I don't have much this I, week, but, I, you know, um, you guys know I love Austin. I mean, everybody yeah. loves Austin, but I, I never wanted a Arizona Fall League to end faster than this one. <laughs> Austin and I talk a lot. He loves yeah. baseball, you guys know, and he was a really good college player. But if I have to get one more update on Mason Miller's Arizona Fall League stats, I'm going to start screaming. I mean, I, I love Austin to death. And we know why Austin's doing this, and I'll tell the right. listeners why. Austin is a sophomore faced Mason Miller, who was drafted by the Oakland A's in the third mm-hmm. round last year. He went to a Division three school. He went to Waynesburg. Um, he was six foot five, 180 pounds. Couldn't figure out why he was so skinny. He was thrown in the low 90s when he was at Waynesburg. He was 91, 92, maybe 93. Found out he was a type 1 diabetic. They got that under control. Now he's 6'5", about 235, and he throws the ball 99 to 100. (laughs) Now Austin is pining for this guy to get to the majors because Austin will be able to sit in a bar and have a beer while Mason Miller's pitching and say he hit a triple off of him. A blind squirrel finds a nut occasionally. Austin finds his. But can this Arizona fall league please end because I can't get one more Mason Miller update. Uh, I hate to say it, but I don't have anything to – I mean, yeah. I already yeah. bitched about Narduzzi, who I can't stand, right. and I've included my list of people I don't like to Josh Allen <laughs> and Mike Vrabel and somebody yeah. else, LeBron James. LeBron, yeah. I don't like him either. So, no, I don't I'm, – I'm good. I just want to – Halloween. Like, I, I don't get it. Oh, well, I stopped. I've never enjoyed like, – I think I stopped going out for Halloween in third or fourth grade. Yeah, I was young. I just stupid. Like, why am I going to go walk around and put a stupid – Costume on. Bake for candy. Bake well, for candy. Well, I'll tell you why. Well, my a, mother had the like shoot two huge bowls of it's a big, candy at home. It's a big deal because of the parents. They yeah. want I mean, to drink now. Yeah, it's, 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 <laughs> right. a, it's yeah. a drinking night. I mean, that's what I mean. I, you know, at the beer distributor last night, we were swamped. Nice. Well, we that's busy good. All, we were busy. I mean, all, yeah, that's we were good. busy all weekend, and, and yeah. in my neighborhood, I mean, I, hey, my house. My my in laws were over. My parents were over. They're all sitting at the end of the driveway. I had a fire going and out there, <laughs> drinking various things out there and stuff like that. It's become an adult holiday. Yeah, that's so, okay. Manhattan's. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, that's that's why it's become a thing. So, so that was that's a good thing. point. I just uh, yeah, Halloween every year. It's like people come into the shop. Oh, you're not. A, no, I don't decorate Halloween. Why? We had yeah. some pieces out there if you wanted to paint I, a Halloween piece. I was piece. traumatized as a kid. I, you know, I wanted really wanted to go out as Captain Kirk, and Randy got to be Captain Kirk, and I had to be Spock. You remember uh, those, oh, masks, yeah. those plastic masks? You couldn't <laughs> see out of it. Couldn't breathe. couldn't breathe. You couldn't see where the hell you were walking. You'd walk <laughs> into shit. Um, I was traumatized at a young age, and I was Spock. I think that was right. the last time I went out. Probably I can't imagine you were Spock. Well, because Randy got Randy's, to be Captain okay. Kirk. I had dark hair. Were you, so I, I can't even imagine you were a Star Trek fan. I wasn't, but I wanted to be okay. Captain Kirk. Okay. I mean, that right. was the only two outfits we could afford. Right. So okay. that's where we went. So yeah. Randy got to be Captain Kirk, and Randy I had to be friggin' Spock. That was the last time I went out, so screw Halloween. <laughs> well, I'm with you. I hate Halloween. I don't get it. I'll be honest, and only, only, only the people, this is a sort of an inside thing, I guess, but... 
I would love to hear Coach's reaction when you walked in with a spot mask. Spot. Uh, <laughs> hey, babe, what, what, what are you? He goes, you, he said, you, you tired of walking around? I said, yeah. He said, let's go back. Yeah. <laughs> Five houses. Yeah, I was going to say, how many houses is that? After I hey, walked, man. I tripped over a stoop and dropped all my candy. I was like, I'm done with this. Five shit. houses. Two, two, yeah, two See, my point on Halloween time. right there. Yeah. He got through two He got two, through two, two cigarettes. cigarettes. Yeah, he got two cigarettes. <laughs> he was like, I'm ready to go back. Yeah, no, Halloween's stupid. Uh, Even though my daughter you. is a Halloween baby. She was that was her yeah. birthday yesterday. Kendall turned seventeen. So Happy birthday, Kendall. Happy birthday, Kendall. That's a perfect way to end the show. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening as always. Have a great rest of the week. We'll talk to you November eighth, ninth next week. Talk to you soon. Take care. See ya.